Hello and welcome to the Give and Go podcast on Game Time CT. I am Scott Erickson. I am joined, as always, by Will Aldham. Will, good morning. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Uh, Will's actually been at track for us a lot, so I hasn't seen any girls basketball this week. But uh, I'm sure you'll be back out on the court soon, right? Yeah, I'd like to get out there again. <laughs> Tra- track's long. Track is long. Yeah, long events. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have NFA coach Cordy Gomez on today. Uh, NFA obviously is having an awesome season. Uh, they dropped one over the weekend to – um east hartford but um they're gonna be you know one of the top teams in double l right now they are the second ranked team in double l um these teams are coming down the stretch now and what they're gunning for at this point uh, aside from conference tournaments and such you really want to be a top four seed in your class because then you're got you have home games all the way through the quarterfinals uh semifinals and finals are obviously at neutral sites you, if you don't have to go on the road in the state tournament, that makes all the difference. You know, we've driven around the state. We know how much uh, driving there can be, especially if you're at NFA or if you're at Greenwich or whatever, and you have to go across the state somewhere. Those are long, long drives. So NFA right now is number two in double L. Uh, Staples is on top at number one. They're 15-2. and two. This is one of the first years I remember there wasn't a one-loss or a zero-loss team at the top of double L. It's been a while. Um, and then the third team there right now is Southington, but we have Southington, New London, Newtown, Stanford, Trumbull. Actually, Stanford has four losses. That hasn't been updated on the CIAC site, so they dropped down. Trumbull, and then you have Shelton, Stanford with four losses, um, Norwalk with four losses, Manchester, Glastonbury, Danbury. So it, it's going to be a jumble here the last couple of weeks as these teams – Try to fight for that spot. Um, when we move down to L, obviously, uh, Notre Dame Fairfield, the number one team in the state, is sitting there with one loss. I, They have a tough game against Colby this week. <clears throat> they have a game that may be challenging in Sacred Heart. Otherwise, I don't think they're going to lose any games. I think they should hold on to that number one seed in, in, in Class L. Uh, that's a team that we've all seen. Um, uh, they've been the number one team in the state. They've earned the number one team in the state. Um, Newington is the second seed there right now at 16-2. and two. And then St. Paul and Northwestern both also have two losses. Uh, uh, Daniel Hand is, of course, lurking there with three losses, as is Sacred Heart Academy. I just want to talk about Sacred Heart Academy for a second. They have had an awesome season. <clears throat> yes, they don't play what's you know considered the Tier 1 or whatever schedule in the SEC, but they have beaten some good teams. They beat Hamden this year. They beat Mercy this year. Um, they beat Hill House one of the two games they played Hill House. Look, two losses is two losses. They're the top team. Uh, three losses is three losses. Uh, they're one of the top teams in the SEC. They'll be one of the top seeds in the SEC tournament. Um, and look out for them. And I just want to say that they're having such an awesome year. And they're not traditionally a team that we talk about in these games. But... They are right there, and they are, do have a chance to get one of those top four seeds in Class L. Uh, we move down to the Double M's, uh, which is a new category this year, a new class. Uh, we didn't have that last year. Uh, Nanawag, uh, which has had some big wins this year. Um, of course, up up from the, the Berkshire League. Uh, they're 14-1 right now. They're the only team. Uh, there's three teams with one loss in the state. They're the, they're the one here with one loss uh berlin who i think is i don't know berlin or sheehan i think are the two top teams in the mm 
Uh, they're 14 and two. Sheehan's 16 and three. And then you have Bacon Academy, who's played really, really well at the ECC. Um, they have another game coming up with uh, NFA this week uh, at the end of the week. Uh, that's the last game of the season for them. Then they, of course, have the ECC tournament. Um, and then Colby's there at 14 and three. Although Colby still has to play Newtown and Notre Dame Fairfield. Uh, if they can win both of those, great. Uh, I, I think they'll probably drop at least one of those games, uh, maybe both. Uh, then another team we've never talked about, Killingly, fourteen and three, is sitting right there. And then East Catholic is twelve and three. They, they've played really well out of the CCC this season. Um, let's slide down to M here. Uh, Abbott Tech, Abbott Tech. I'm sorry, there's Abbott Tech, sixteen and one, had a great season. Uh, they play out of the CTC. I know that they've emailed us recently and said, "Where's our love? Let's come out and cover <laughs> Abbott Tech." So we're going to try to get someone up there. To see them, at least do a feature on them before the tournament starts. Because, look, 16-1, they beat Bullard Havens. Uh, even though you're playing in the CTC, 16-1 is still impressive to, to make a run through that. Um, and then we have Canton, uh, who I think would be the team to beat in Class M. Uh, right now, they would be the number two seed. Holy Cross is right below them. Uh, they both have two losses. Uh, Canton's a team I really, really like. Uh, Canton has an interesting game against Farmington uh, tonight, actually. Farmington is such a strange team. They have five wins, but they beat Southington, who only has two losses. And they beat Berlin, who only has two losses. And they took hand to overtime earlier in the year. So they could definitely knock off Canton. That's a cross-conference cross match there. Uh, and then let's go down to S uh, before we get to Courtney Gomez. Uh, East Hampton, 15-1. Their only losses to Cromwell uh, inside the shoreline. And then we have Putnam, uh, Parish Hill, uh, they have three losses, four losses. East Hampton should lock up the number one seed there. Uh, they have a f- four more games left, um, but you know they're games that are pretty winnable for East Hampton. Um, Windsor Locks has five losses, but they're a team I really, really like out of the NCCC. Uh, you know we're going to get to the state tournament stuff uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, next week, next weekend, uh, the conference tournaments start, uh, and then we get into the states after that. So. It's a really fun time for high school girls basketball. Um, yeah, are you looking forward to getting out and seeing some uh, some playoff games, Will? Yeah, for sure. I'm really looking forward to taking the trip up to Mohegan for the first time. Oh, that's right. You haven't been there for these games. No, no. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely the best. Like Any of the teams that get there are so lucky, but we get to go every year no matter what. So <laughs> it is so fun, if, especially if you like basketball. Uh, it's a great, great time, great atmosphere. And... <clears throat> This is a, that's the time when the, when the girls' teams finally start getting some uh, some fans coming to the games as the state tournament goes on, and then everyone wants to go to Mohegan, of course, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we are going to be right back with NFA girls coach Courtney Gomez, and we'll be right back on Give and Go. We are joined now on the show by NFA girls basketball coach Courtney Gomez. Uh, Courtney, welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, it's an honor to be on here. <laughs> that's nice of you to say <laughs> it's it's great to have you on um so i mean we got a lot of things to talk to you about you got a great team um but uh, first we want to talk about you know how you got to this job and, and how you came in uh i don't know if people know this but i mean you graduated from nfa right what does it mean to you to come back and, and now be a coach yeah i um i went to nfa from 2000 to 2004 um and obviously i had a a great experience there, not only as a 
as an athlete, but uh, as a student, um, you know, I'm not sure how many people have actually been to NFA, but it's, it's kind of like a little mini college campus. It's beautiful. They've got a lot to offer, you know, both academically and athletically. Um, and so I feel really lucky to be able to give back to the school as they gave to me. Um, I actually played for Bill Scarlotta, who was the head coach for somewhere around 27 years. Wow, um, crazy. <laughs> which is pretty special um, to me uh, since, you know, he had a huge impact in my life as, as a young woman and as a student athlete. Um, so, you know, I think that it's kind of the best of – the best, the best I could have gotten, to be honest with you, because um, I never really knew that I, I would get into coaching, you know, after my basketball career was over. You know, I'm a physical therapist. I spent a couple of years in grad school getting my degree, um, and it just kind of fell into my lap because um, actually Tim Coase, who's the head coach at Mercy, yeah. um, I played for him um, in AAU back when I was in 11th grade, and him and I have had a great relationship for many, many years. Um, you know, he was a huge reason why I played in college, um, and I just, I just love the way he coaches. And he actually asked me to come and be a volunteer on his staff when I was in grad school. So he kind of got me back into into coaching and obviously if you know Tim you know being around him and being around his passion it just it's infectious and you just can't help but want to get into it um so I kind of got my start um back back in like 2010 when I when I was helping with Tim um and then you know the JV coach got the JV coach position became available at NFA um and Bill asked me to come on and be the JV coach and it just kind of uh it kind of went on from there and um you know, to now actually be the head coach of the program and coach some of the girls um, on varsity that I had when they were, you know, little freshmen who didn't, you know, who didn't really have a lot of skills yet to play varsity, but they, they were hungry and they wanted to be a part of the program. Um, it's just it's just pretty special, and I feel really lucky. Do they know your history there? I mean, do they know you won state championships, ECC championships? <laughs> you, you won two state championships, right? Yeah, two state championships. Um you know, I, I really don't talk about my career there a lot. Like yeah. I, I try to make it about about them and about what they what they could do here. Um, I think they know the tradition of NFA. Like they they know that NFA has you know seven state championships and and a bunch of ECC championships, um, which I think is is special to them. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm trying to to build their confidence in you know their own success and hoping to get NFA back into the conversation of, of teams that, that are, you know, not necessarily going to win the state championship, but, but teams that are in the running, um, you know, to do that because back when I played, I mean, the double L is such a competitive bracket. I mean, on any given night, any team can, can beat you. Um, and I feel, I really feel the same way about this year. I mean, every single team you look at the double L standings right now, it's like, you know, there are teams that are 18 and 19 that, you know, could easily get to the state championship. So, um, you know, it's, it's exciting time to be back at NFA. It's an exciting time to be a part of girls basketball in Connecticut. And, and I think the girls are really, you know, excited to be in the position that they are right now. Um, and I, and I finally feel like they're, 
they're proud to be an NFA Wildcat, whereas, you know, when they were freshmen, I don't think they truly knew um, what it meant. And obviously the school means a lot to me and the pride of playing for the program means a lot to me. And I think that they're, they've kind of bought into that and, and, you know, they're, they're running with it a little bit right now. Was there a moment in this season where things kind of switched? I mean, I think you guys were like two and three to start the year. You lost to Ridgefield, New London, uh, you know, close games. But uh, was there another game somewhere along the line? Was it the Glastonbury game or somewhere else where, it, where you thought, hey, I got a really special group of kids here? Yeah, I think that in the beginning of the season, we were trying to find a, a little bit of an identity. Um, you know, the kids, even though they knew me, they didn't know me really as a, as a head coach. Um, and they, they all worked hard and, you know, they were trying to do the things that, you know, us as a coaching staff were asking of them. Um, but I don't think they truly knew how to win yet, and they didn't necessarily know how to complete a full game and play play truly together as a, as a unit. Um, and, and sometimes that takes time, you know. I mean, a brand-new system, a brand-new uh, coaching expectations, um, you know, a couple of kids who have never played together before, um, you know, because I've got a, a freshman in the starting lineup and, you know, a couple of um, – and then, you know, Michaela Vauders, who came back this year, um, who didn't play last year. Um, so I think they were just trying to figure out their identity and figure out what works. And for me, trying to figure out the lineups that were going to be most successful. Um, and I think I think you're right. Probably the, the Glastonbury game was, was definitely a game changer. Things started to gel a little bit. They started to to realize, uh, you know, if they play the way that they're capable of defensively, um, you know, then, then things can roll our way offensively. Um, but I do feel like the kids are just really hardworking. I've got a really great junior point guard who just runs the show for us. I mean, she's, she's really, um, she's kind of like an old school point guard, you know, if the ball's in her hands, you trust her out there. And, um, you know, when she's, when she's able to dictate the tempo of the game, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. And, um, you know, I think we, we rolled off a series of, of good wins and, and had some, you know, great teams that, that we beat. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, we, we kind of faced a little bit of a roadblock this weekend where we lost to East Hartford. And um, I think I, I hope anyway that it, it served a little bit as a wake-up call to them that, um, you know, just because, you know, we've won a bunch of games doesn't mean that if you're not ready – night in and night out that someone's not going to beat you. So, um, you know, I think the message was to, to regroup and refocus and stay hungry and stay humble and realize that the process of getting to where you want to be is a grind. And it doesn't necessarily matter what, what your record is in the regular season, although it does help in terms of where you're placed in the state tournament. Um, you know, when the tournament time starts, it's really one game at a time. And um, I think they're, that they're starting to realize that and hopefully it'll it'll help us moving forward. East Hartford's like the perfect kind of game heading into the double L tournament, isn't it? I mean, it's not a team that jumps out at you record-wise, but it's a tough team. You had to go on the road. How much, even though you lost that game, how much did that help you prepare for a state tournament going into that environment yeah. and playing? I mean, I think, I think it helps tremendously. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for East Hartford. I think that, you know, going to play at their gym is, is definitely difficult. They've got some great players and they're well-coached and, um, you know, they're athletic and they're aggressive and they play great man-to-man -man defense. And um, it's just a great way to get us ready for teams that we're going to see in, see in the state tournament. And, um, you know, they, they didn't back down. They weren't afraid to play us as, as teams shouldn't, shouldn't be, you know, when you're a coach and you're trying to motivate your team, you know, you're, 
you're you're getting them ready to play no matter who the opponent is and um and and they definitely threw the first punch at us and we didn't really respond very well um i did like the way we we responded in the second half which is a good learning experience Mm -hmm. um but it's definitely definitely a huge way to get us ready for teams that we'll face in the state tournament and um and for east hartford too i think for them getting a win like that builds some momentum and builds some confidence and and they've been doing really well. I mean, they've been knocking off some good wins in a row, and it seems like they're playing with a lot uh, more cohesiveness, and, and he's got them ready to go for the state tournament as well. So um, I think all around it was good for us. It was good for it was good for, um, for them, and, you know, hopefully it'll help both of us in the state tournament. Yeah, just coming off of that loss after winning 12 games in a row, how big is today's game against Woodstock Academy for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I told the girls yesterday before practice, I was like, you know, the best way to get over a loss like that is to come out and and be ready to go and and dominate in the next game. I mean, you know, handling adversity is a big deal for kids these days. And, you know, how do you respond with failure? And and what do you do? Do you you crawl into a hole and feel sorry for yourselves? Or or do you figure it out and and get better uh, from it? And you know, tonight is a test for them. You know, I, I told them, like, it's one game at a time. Like, you're, you can't be looking ahead to to the state tournament. You can't be looking ahead to the ECC tournament. Like, let, let me do that. Like, that's my job. You guys need to focus on what's in front of you. The most important moment is the moment that you're in right now. And, you know, take take away some of the things that we didn't do well against East Hartford and let's fix them and, and be ready to go today. Um, and, and we had a great practice yesterday, and they responded well to that. Um, you know, kids kids tend to get over losing a little bit quicker than um, <laughs> than coaches. It right. seems. You know, they they you know, whereas we kind of take it with us for you know days at a time and rethink every single play, um, which I think is a good thing for for my girls. Um, you know, take it as a learning experience and and be ready to go and come out tonight and and play the way you're capable of. And I'm hoping that they respond well tonight. You were a multi-sport athlete in high school. Uh, you, you played softball. I think you ran cross-country, too. How important was that for you, developing as an athlete, to play multiple sports? Oh, gosh. I mean, unbelievable. Like, you know, there's so much sports specialization these days, and, you know, other people have differing opinions on that. But I felt like more than anything, you know, obviously as a physical therapist, I think it's important, you know, to utilize different different sports and prepare your body in different ways mentally like if all you're doing is playing basketball all the time I mean you don't ever have a mental break from it it, it can get exhausting it really can and basketball is a, a long season in the winter um, and by, by playing softball for me like it was playing softball was such a mental game I mean when you make a mistake on the softball field or in the batter's box there's really no one else that you can blame like if you make an error it's your fault if you if you strike out it's, it's really your fault like you can't you can't say, oh, so, so-and-so threw a bad pass or, oh, that was a foul or whatever. You really can't make excuses. And for me as an athlete, it really built my mental toughness and my competitiveness. And, um, you know, cross-country, I at first I did it for more of, like, staying in shape. But, again, that's something where you're, you know, you're pushing yourself past your limits. I don't really see myself as an endurance athlete, but it gave me um, a different perspective of, of how people compete and how other kids compete and, you know, being around different athletes that, you know, their main sport might be cross country or their main sport might be softball. It was just really interesting to watch the way people prepare for competition. Um, And for me, I think that was, 
it made me a better athlete. It made me a better person. It made me a better competitor. Um, and it made me a better preparer um, because, you know, sometimes when you spend too, too much time in just one sport, um, you tend to get complacent and there's not as much, um, I guess, feeling of being hungry to get better. And, you know, some kids, some kids can do it. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, where that's what they do. And that's good for them. Um, and that's, you know, individual to the kid. But for me in general, um, that multi-sport athlete was, was really important. And, you know, I, I even noticed some of my kids that play more than one sport, you know, are able to fight through some adversity more than, than others, um, because they know a lot of different pieces of athletics, you know? So, um, I would encourage it as much as I can to any of my kids to play different sports. It's, it's important to hear different voices. It's important you know, to see different things and, um, and see different coaching styles and different games. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll see a shift back to kids being a little bit more multi-sport athletes. I think you see it more in small schools than you do in big schools. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I definitely think it's, it's important. And, and if you can do it, um, you know, even if it's running track as a basketball player, I mean, think about the lateral and, and, anterior posterior quickness and your jumping and your landing and all that good stuff i mean it, it helps you in aspects of the basketball game and mentally nothing humbles you more than softball or baseball does it no it certainly doesn't <laughs> like i said like it's such a it's such a humbling sport i mean you just there were times because I, I played shortstop yeah so of course of course i i was getting multiple ground balls because in softball you know you got a lot of slap hitters that hit the ball to the that side of the field and i mean other than just humbling yourself i mean when you make a mistake like you have to be able to regroup quickly right because if you don't you could fall into this absolute cycle of like failure you know so it's you know how how can you quickly recover how can you respond you might have a little bit more time in softball or baseball because you know you're in between pitches yeah. Um, but it certainly translates to the basketball court because in basketball, if you turn the ball over or you make a defensive mistake or you miss a box out or whatever it is, you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself. You know what I mean? Like you got to have a quick, a quick mind and a, and a quick grit to be able to recover. So, um, you know, I would love to see more of my kids play baseball or softball, but unfortunately it's not, you know, in, at NFA anyway, there's not a lot of crossover between the two sports. Uh, what are your crowds like up there? Do you guys draw student sections to, to these games at all, especially as you had success this season? Uh, you know what? We have an unbelievable support from the kids, the families, um, and the city of Norwich. Um, you know, the, the student section is really great for the boys' games, which is awesome for Coach Juicy and their kids. Um, yeah. You know, they've really, really bought into that program, and obviously the boys are – are doing great this year. Um, we don't get as many students at our, at our games. I'm hoping that changes as we head into the tournament. Um, but you know, the girls are very well supported by, um, by their parents and, and their families. And there's a lot of, um, you know, teachers and administrators that come to their games. And, um, you know, I think that's special to them. Um, you know, and at the same time, you know, even if we don't have, you know, a lot of people at the games, I, I think I'm trying to finally get them to understand that, you know, energy comes from within and that they have to create that on their own. And, you know, I think there's always a little bit more juice and fire under you when you have people screaming from the stands and cheering you on. Absolutely. Um, but, 
you know. Um, so what can we what can we do to get more people to girls games? I mean, I, I go all over the state, and there's just there's a lot of adults there, and there's not a lot of students. Like, what can we do? What can we do to get more kids there? Because it's good basketball. I know it is good basketball, and and I and I actually had this this talk with the kids last night because. Um, you know, I, I was talking about how great girls basketball is right now. Like just not, not just the high school game, but like the women's game is like taking off. I mean, you've got so many amazing women's athletes in the, in the college game and the WNBA and, you know, they're finally seeing that shift of people coming and, and seeing other teams other than just UConn dominating. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what the answer is in terms of getting more students out to girls games um i think you know just in general the history of it even back when when i played the student section was more apt to go to the boys games than the girls games um but that's why i just keep telling them you guys gotta just keep winning keep grinding like keep proving to them that you guys are worth seeing you know what i mean and um and be proud of that and you know if people like come up to you on campus and ask you, you know, when your game is, then show them and tell them, tell them, come, come see us, you know, come see us. It'll be worth it. You know, especially when you play, you know, new London or some of these teams that, that are also really good. It's like, come, come watch some good girls basketball. We might not be dunking, dunking it or getting anything fancy, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's good basketball. So hopefully it shifts at some point. Um, you know, and I think the school is trying, they're doing a pep rally this this week hopefully to get some more kids at games but you know we'll see Duncan's overrated i think you know Let, let's move the ball around let's shoot some threes like let's have some fun out there you know yeah i know <laughs> you know and, and you know what not to take away anything from the boys team this year because no they're, they're very they're, good too they're, yeah you're great they're awesome um but you know i'd like to see some more students at our games too all right, now we got to ask you the really important question. You're from Norwich, so you've been there a long time. If we're coming to town, where are we going to eat pre and post game? Well, you know what? When I was coaching with um, when I was coaching with Bill, um, we used to always go to the 99 in Norwich. That was like our spot. But to be honest with you, now that I'm the head coach, I'm pretty exhausted week <laughs> after week. So I just go right home. Um, I actually. <laughs> I live in Old Lyme, so I'm still about a half hour away from right. Norwich, um, and I work in Old Saybrook, so I'm I'm driving a lot during the day. Um, so you know, if it's a if if I need if I need a post game, you know, whatever, then I'll I'll probably go over to the 99, and I know I can always call Scarlotta to meet me there. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going right home. <laughs> that that sounds pretty good to me too. That's where I'm heading after games too. <laughs> Uh, listen, Courtney, we really appreciate you coming on with us, and uh, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the season, and I'm sure we'll, we'll catch up with you at some point in, in the state tournament. All right. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Thanks, Courtney. All right. All right. No problem. Bye-bye. We are back on Give and Go. Uh, that was a great interview with Courtney Gomez. Um, I, I liked everything she was saying about being a multi-sport athlete. I think that's really important and I think basketball is a sport where kids are specializing more and more and more and just playing you know 10 12 months out of the year and and that's great for some of those kids and that definitely has raised the level of girls basketball across the state um the girls that do that but there's definitely something to be said for for playing multiple sports uh in high school did you play multiple sports in high school you're a baseball guy I know yeah, that right baseball a little bit of tennis right yeah. a little track and field so yeah it's, it's good to get involved in different things uh, so there are some good games to go out and see this week. Uh, we urge you to go watch girls basketball. 
like I've said, and like I said to Courtney, I think girls basketball is as good as it's ever been in the state of Connecticut. I think there are a lot of really good teams. And if you are a student at Staples or NFA or Norwalk or any of these schools, go watch your girls team. There are really good games. Like we, we said it when we went to the Newtown Notre Dame game, it was the one versus two in the state. It was a really good crowd, but if you looked up in the in the stands, it was almost all adults. You know, it's family members, it's faculty, it's people from the community that want to come see the game. But these girls deserve student support. I don't know if any of those kids are actually listening to this, but if you know a student, get them out there for your game. If you're on a team, encourage people to come to your games. The girls deserve it. They deserve fans in the crowd, uh, and I hope I see more. Uh, I know we will as the state tournaments go on, but you know, I, I wish I'd see a little more. You know, during the season. Uh, So we want to thank Courtney Gomez one more time for coming on with us. Uh, For Will, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week on Give and Go.